0: I feel it in my fingers I feel it in my toes I feel it in my toes, yeah Love is all around me All around and me And so the I'm afraid you did it again, Bill. <sighs> it's just I know the old version so well, you know. Well, we all do. That's why we're making the new version. Right, OK, let's go. I feel it in my fingers, in my fingers, I feel it in my toes, feel it in my toes, yeah, Christmas is all around me, all around me, and so the feeling grows, so the feeling grows, oh, it's written Christmas. Love, Christmas come on, let it, snow. Come on and let it snow This is shit isn't it Yep solid gold shit milestone Hello. Hello welcome to the film room
1: We are clearing one off the list that's been on there for many years
0: Yes yeah, since 2013 at least Yeah yeah this was
1: actually going to be a tie in to uh, my wedding but it turns out weddings take a lot of uh Planning effort and work. <laughs> so we didn't have time to do it.
0: Yeah. And then last year alright see. Twenty fourteen we had the Disney cast. Twenty fifteen what did we do for... oh yeah, we did Cool Cat last year. That took yeah. a lot of that took a lot of planning because of uh lost tapes. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so this one this one it took some time to get to and how it uh, now we do have an actual Christmas cast coming uh Uh, next week yeah and oh is it going to be fun for y'all um Uh, yes (laughs) we've been promising it um but this one came together rather quickly because we decided everybody else is giving their thoughts on this movie we need to get ours on record too so yes we're doing a look at love actually finally yeah we are not trying to cash in on the fact that everybody on the internet seems to be desperate for a hot take on the movie we just really wanted to do it and we've wanted to do it for some time and screw trying to be popular
0: we're just doing it for ourselves yeah
1: and i mean this is this is an interesting movie to to handle uh, we're going to be going through it very quickly as we have to it's 2 hours and 15 minutes after all
0: yeah i forgot about this fact
1: i mean it's actually about as long as the standard movie in its genre that's a drama i mean <laughs> despite being a comedy it, it it runs about as long i mean it's 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 a big movie to say the least um yeah,
0: there's a lot going
1: on which is funny is it it never really feels in my mind like it is a two hour 15 minute movie but it is yeah this is a movie that opened in 2003 did modest business it wasn't a huge hit but it was it was liked got good reviews um i did see it in the theater Um, I actually saw it
0: as sneak preview, actually. Hmm. Which is kind of special, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I I got to see it uh, a week early, uh, I think two, because I don't think it opened nationwide until uh, two weeks later. Uh, It actually opened uh, on the same day as another Christmas movie, Elf. Oh, did it? (laughs) Yes. A movie that, for those who are unaware, has gone on to do okay in the Christmas canon, to put it mildly.
0: Yeah, a lot of people, it is the required viewing.
1: It should be, damn it. Yeah. God, I I, I don't... Th- this will not be a cast about that movie, but I, I will say, I watched that movie late at night with a group of friends in theater. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that was the only time we could go see it, and so we went to, like, a midnight showing, even. And we laughed our asses off at that movie.
0: Yeah, it is, it is really funny. It is really, uh... One of the things I like about that movie that no other Christmas movie really does... Is their depiction of making modern toys? Yeah. <laughs> it has fun with it. That always kind of bothered me as a kid. Oh, hey, Lola. Yes. Lola will
1: be making her presents known as we go into her first Christmas. Yes.
0: That has to be exciting. Oh, it is so exciting. Is mm. Yeah,
1: that's the funny thing. We were trying to do this before the wedding, and now we're doing it after the kid is here.
0: <laughs> that's good timing.
1: But yeah, as I said... Um... So, so it was a modest performer, but it has gone on to have one hell of an afterlife. For many people, this is... It's just... It's one of the Christmas staples. It's up there with the aforementioned elf. It's up there with... I I guess I would say this is more of the adult Christmas movie, because it is rated R, and it's actually quite R-rated.
0: Yes. I'm surprised watching it uh, again this time after knowing the MPAA's standards that it did get an R, because there is... The the Martin Freeman part, yeah. There is more than one thrust there that <laughs> depicted. Yeah, it
1: gets quite it gets quite graphic. Uh,
0: but at the same time, maybe they gave it a pass because it's supposed to be simulated. Yeah, it
1: is supposed to be sim- well. It's directly called out that it's simulated. And it's funny. That sequence it is, is funny. funny, and
0: that helps. Um, it is hilarious. Trying to trying to make small talk while in a very intimate position. And, and Jerry says, "If you could just put your hands on her breasts." All right, okay, yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm gonna warm them up <laughs> right. uh, and massage them, please. Right. Oh, this Junction Thirteen is just murder, oh, isn't it? Yeah. Total gridlock this morning. <laughs>
1: God, that's. Uh, <laughs> that I can't do. wait to get that plot thread because i have so much to say about it this is a movie that has a lot of hate for it mason i know you might be listening to this and i'm (laughs) i'm sorry man i'm sorry we can't give you the cast you might be hoping we're going to give you uh mason despises the movie oh really (laughs) yeah
0: passionately
1: did a live tweet of it last year that was hysterical
0: (laughs) damn I'll have to go back and look.
1: Yeah, it's great. He it is great and it's great for someone who To be clear, I love this movie. I am just going to say it right now. I love this movie. I'm not but that doesn't mean I don't have problems with it. Mhm. But I do love this movie and I want to talk about why I do, but th- there are problems with it and I can appreciate the ribbing, but like I mean seriously, this movie has such a passionate hate Then when I mentioned we were casting on it to several people, their response was,
0: Ew, why? Because it's good. Because it's good.
1: So, that's why.
0: Yeah, I think liking uh, this movie and movies like it, uh, for me, is probably thanks to my mother. (laughs) Yeah. This is one that my mom, growing up, and I'm not not sure so much anymore, but... uh, habit of if she like really liked a movie, she would watch it over and over and over and over and over, so at any given point you'd come in and like you'd basically be watching this movie with her like from different points, so even if you haven't sat down and watched it all the way through, then you'd still have seen it all bit and piecemeal uh it was it's nice yeah i like it's it was an interesting experience it was an aspect they actually did enjoy growing up so nice well actually we all went to see in the theater as a family hmm. uh, and this was this was one of those films it's one of those
1: movies as i said people either love it or they hate it i've never really met anybody who's in between mm-hmm. which is funny because movies like this are so easy to be in between on this is very much of the what really started us what decided to go ahead and do it was You made a comment the other day that you wanted to do, like, one of the Gary Marshall-type movies. It was like, well, we've been planning on doing this one forever. Let's do this. Because, you know, you have your movies about days. You've got Mother's Day, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, the uh, Gary Marshall trilogy. All of them ripping off this one. All of them completely disgustingly ripping off this one. Yeah. Like, it's shameless how much they're all ripping off this movie. And what's weird is I don't know that any of them have even taken any cast members from this movie. That's what's kind of weird about it. Which really says a lot, because this movie is not cast light. Let's get into this movie, and we're just going to take it thread by thread, piece by piece.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because that's really the only way that you can address it. The first thread that we hit on in the movie is... Probably the one that the advertising leaned into the hardest, I noticed. And that's the thread of uh, an aging rock star played by Bill Nye in the first thing I ever saw him in. Yeah, that's what's fun about this movie. For a lot of these actors, this was the first time I'd seen them in something.
0: Yeah. The ones that were lesser known over here. I think him and Martin Freeman, it was the f- probably the first thing I saw. Actually, I'm not sure that's true because I might have seen the British office before. Yeah, before this I saw the UK office after this, so I have to think about that No, this is probably the first thing I saw in Because I was still still in high school Yeah But, yeah, like him and Martin Freeman This is the first thing I saw them in But not the first thing I noticed them in Yeah Ironically, two years later, they would both be in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Yes, yes, yes (laughs) Yes Along with Alan Rickman, as a matter of fact Yes Oh yeah, this movie is
1: as I said, it's just a giant omnibus of British actors. Um mm-hmm. so you have um you have Nye's character who is an aging rock star trying to go for the number one song in the UK at Christmas time, and this is a big deal over there. It is a huge deal to get that there. His thread is it's easily the comic relief of the movie. Yeah. It's the one that is loaded with the best jokes. And it it's it's also the simplest story his is a story about friendship because it focuses on his bond with his manager
0: with his ever su- with his ever suffering manager and oh god does the man
1: suffer because <laughs> because Nye is, he just goes through the whole movie speaking his mind unfiltered just saying whatever comes to his mind and he's so great at it, it is. I, I i swear every line of dialogue that comes out of his mouth in this movie is priceless he was robbed of an oscar nomination for this movie in my opinion he's that good he steals the movie and which is interesting because the movie opens with his character so his thread it's definitely one of the lightest fluffiest threads in the movie but it's really good and of course it gives the movie its memorable soundtrack because you hear that song throughout the thing over and over and over again but you will hear this you'll hear this song you have already heard it as the cast opened you'll hear it going out it's fun because it's kind of awful Mm -hmm. in fact they even deliberately point out in the movie that the rhythms of it are wrong so billy welcome back to the airwaves new christmas single cover of love is all around except we've changed the word love to christmas How do you think the new record compares to your old classic stuff?
0: Oh, come on, Mikey. You know as well as I do, the record's crap. (laughs) So if you believe in Father Christmas, children, like your Uncle Billy does, buy my festering turd of a record. And particularly enjoy the incredible crassness of the moment when we try to squeeze an extra syllable into the fourth line. <laughs> I think you're referring to, uh, if you really love Christmas... Come on and let it snow. Ouch. So, uh, here it is one more time, the dark horse for this year's Christmas
1: number one. Christmas is all around. Thank you, Billy. Nae is not much
0: of a singer, to be blunt. No. But, but it works. One of the DJs even says, And that was the Christmas effort by the once great Billy Mack. Oh dear me, how <laughs> are the mighty fallen? I could safely put my hand up my ass and say that is the worst record I've heard this century of... Oh, and coincidentally, I believe Billy will be a guest on my friend Mike's show in a few minutes' time. Welcome back, Bill. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's
1: great. All the shows <laughs> that he's on in the movie, by the way, are of course real British talk shows. Of course, <laughs> uh, the, the cameo by Michael Parkinson is lost on us, but it—that's—but mm-hmm. it's—I'm sure it played gangbusters over there. Uh, so you have that thread, and that—that's—that's that's one of the threads running through the movie. He never really interacts with anybody else. In fact, that's what's interesting about this movie—is it's a Magnolia-esque movie, but the mm-hmm. threads never really intersect. You—you you have his thread running through the movie. Then you have the thread of there's a newly sworn in prime minister played by Hugh Grant, who, it's it's very much, his thread is very much a wish fulfillment thread for the UK. You can't ignore the fact that the Iraq war started this year.
0: That's true.
1: This was the year of the Iraq war, and that really haunts the movie, actually, in a weird way. Uh, th- that Grant's character is the prime minister, this, because Richard Curtis, the writer and director of the film, is extremely political. Uh, mm-hmm. He is was responsible for uh, Live Earth and Live 8 and things like that. Has been responsible for, has been an activist for all that kind of stuff. So this is someone who, he has a history in it, basically. He has a history of working with comic relief. So, yeah, it makes sense that he has this political thread. And Grant's thread is that he is a prime minister who learns to stand up to the U.S., at the same time that he's falling in love with one of his servants. The Clinton scandal really haunts this movie, too. Yeah, I thought of that. Let me just say right now that this is where we can stop and address one of the big criticisms of the movie, which is that it's kind of despicable that Grant's character seduces a servant. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And you know what? It still kind of works. because, And I really think it works because, in part because Grant kind of has that wonderful sleazy quality, about him in his best movies Mm -hmm. like he's really good at oily sleazy trashy characters
0: yeah this is uh when when was that whole scandal with him that was eight years before this movie and it
1: still haunts that definitely yeah he's he's so oily and like that's just so much built into his work and it's what's great about him I grant is one of those actors he has that same thing that Jude law has where they're not good at playing conventional romantic leads.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They're great at playing assholes about a boy, uh, music and lyrics, which is more conventional, but he still kind of does that there here. Uh, this movie, uh, Bridget Jones diary. Grant is just really good at assholes. It's his skill, frankly. Mm. So, I'm not mad that, like, that kind of does give this movie a little bit uh, of work. It also helps that he does have genuinely good chemistry with the actress playing the uh, tea girl. Mm -hmm.
0: And this is Natalie. She's new, like you.
1: Hello, Natalie.
0: Hello, David. I mean, sir. Shit, I can't believe I've just said that. (laughs) And now I've gone and said shit twice. (laughs) I'm so sorry, sir.
1: It's fine, it's fine. You could have said fuck, and then we'd have been in real trouble.
0: Thank you, sir. I did have an awful premonition I was going to fuck up on my first day. Oh, piss it.
1: (laughs) It's not ideal, it's pretty sleazy, but they actually do have nice chemistry. Yeah. That said, him getting mad at the uh, US president, played by Billy Bob Thornton, one of the only Americans in this movie. There's only, like, two notable Americans, aside from... uh, a cameo in Thread that I'm going to get to later.
0: Yeah, and Bill Rob Thornton It's only really in, like, uh, maybe two or three scenes. He's playing a
1: blend of Bill Clinton and uh, George W. Bush. He is. Sleazy, aggressive, macho. It's just great to have Thornton in this movie. I mean, Thornton's one of those actors. He never fails to improve whatever he's in. This was, by the way, about the same time as he had his own Christmas movie in theaters, uh, Bad Santa. So Christmas was a good thing for Thornton that year. It, was, it, was, it worked for him. Yeah, so the whole, like, impetus to Grant's character even standing up to the president, he is that uh, the president tries to make a move on... Yeah, it's it's not... It's not on the it's, secretary. It's got, <laughs> yeah, it's got issues. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I mean... It's trashy, but it's, we also have to remember, though, that there's also that grand British tradition of the higher-up falling in love with the servant, and that scene is like, that's romanticized.
0: Yeah. So,
1: you almost, <laughs> want,
0: you almost want to get the movie a little bit of a pass, but, I mean, it's funny. Yeah, it is. As, yeah, as long as you kind of switch off the problematic portion of that. <laughs> Look, we're we're going to talk a lot about problematic on this
1: cast. Oh yeah. And I'm just going to pause right now and say this. If you if your approach to problematic art is it's all good or none of it's good, you're not really approaching problematic art right. No. There are times that yes, you have to say all or nothing and it usually tends with the creators. Mm-hmm. Like it's fine to say at this point none of Woody Allen is necessary. Yeah. Like, God knows I avoid his stuff. But with stuff like this it's a melange, so you have to you have to kind of address it. And if there's a ratio at which it's too much for you, that's fine. You discard it. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not like I can go back and watch uh, the Hangover the same way anymore. I mean, it that one's kind of moved past that. Certainly, the sequel is way too problematic. Also, it sucks. Um, yeah. You know, but I mean, there does come a tipping point. But this movie is well on. It's on the safe side, is what it comes down to. For me, it's on the safe side. If yeah. it's not for you, that's fine. But saying that if a movie has one problematic element, it has to automatically be thrown out. Humans are the most problematic creatures on Earth, okay? hmm And if you really stop thinking about it, you yourself are probably problematic. So, there, that's my thoughts on that. Yes. But anyway, we got to keep going because we've got so much plot to deal with. But as I said, I like Grant's plot. maybe could have used a little more awareness of the fact, but it's... It's cute enough it gets by. This is one of the few threads that actually directly intersects with another thread in the movie, which is uh, his character's uh, younger sister, played by an actress actually 17 months older than Grant. uh, Emma Thompson has probably the best story in the entire film. Yeah. Uh, She's a woman married to Alan Rickman, uh, who, let's just pause and sigh. Yeah. Yeah. You will be missed, sir. You will be ever so missed. Yeah. Uh, thank you for both for giving both the girlfriend's favorite Christmas movie and the boyfriend's favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's pause and address that one real quick. Of course, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yes, it is. Of course, it is. And you're not you're not being ironic for saying it. You're not being cool or smart for saying it you're just acknowledging that it's a christmas movie it
0: takes place at christmas and christmas is interwoven into the plot
1: it's a christmas movie it's a great christmas movie and in a weird way isn't it a quintessential christmas movie a man goes through trials to save his family at christmas time come on that's a christmas plot it is it is very much so side note also christmas the canon of shane black can't wait to see how the next Predator movie is a Christmas movie. <laughs> Side note, can't wait to see what a Shane Black Predator movie that he actually uh was fully in charge of worked on. Cause he actually ghost he actually uh did script doctoring on the uh, first Predator movie, actually. Oh, did he really? Yeah. In fact, in order to justify him being on set to just to script doctor it, he has a role in it. So <laughs> Yeah, and he's doing the next Predator movie, and it's going to be set in suburbia. Nice. Oh my god, I cannot wait to see this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then after that, he's doing Doc Savage. Can't wait to see how that becomes a Christmas movie. (laughs) By the way, have you heard who's playing Doc Savage? I haven't. Okay, the character is supposed to be this uh, brown-skinned, he's called the Man of Bronze, impossibly ripped, extremely intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. On the basis of that plot, on the basis of that description, can you name one actor who would be perfect for this role?
0: Idris Elba.
1: Uh, no, because it's it's brown, not black. Brown. Oh. Though you can safely think partially black, if that's a hint. Tall, incredibly muscular. mm mm-hmm. uh, Extremely smart. hmm Come on, there's one guy that just screams this description.
0: Tall. oh the rock
1: yes thank god the rock is gonna be doc savage i cannot wait <laughs> for that because i love those
0: stories but anyway nice. getting
1: back to this movie by the way you know that Die Hard was Rickman's
0: first movie role ever yeah i know I like 47 god <laughs> how is it not all
1: downhill for you after that i know how is that not how did he ever work again well the answer is he was a legend so again, yes, we sigh, we we mourn Rickman's passing. Sucks. Yeah. Uh, but he, but the their storyline is actually really one of the most touching, and I have suspected that Thompson had some input into this storyline because she is a screenwriter of her in her own right. In fact, she's a a uh, an Oscar-winning screenwriter actually, and does script doctoring herself. So I would not be surprised that she would had some input into this storyline. Their story is a touching and sad one. They She plays a wife who is going through a bit of a rough patch in her marriage, mm-hmm. and she starts to suspect that her husband might be cheating on her.
0: It's confirmed on Christmas when she catches him covertly trying to buy a quite expensive necklace. Yes. And uh, she opens the box and it's a, it's a Joni Mitchell CD. Yes. Yeah.
1: Now, people have argued for years... Did the husband actually have an affair? W- what was the deal? And did they stay? And because she can, she confronts him on it, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: she calls him out. Tell me, if you were in my position, what would you do? What
0: position is that?
1: Imagine your husband bought a gold necklace, and come Christmas gave it to somebody else. Come. I mean, would you wait around to find out about you No, 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 no! Happy Christmas. Would you wait around to find out if it's just a necklace, or if it's sex and a necklace, or if, worst of all, it's a necklace and love? Would you say,
0: knowing life would always be a little bit worse, or would you cut and run? Mm.
1: God, I am so in the wrong. a classic fool.
0: Yes, but you've also made a fool out of me. You've made the life I lead foolish too. And it's left
1: ambiguous at the end as to do. They get back together. This is one time where we do have word of God on this. Uh, The film's script editor went on Twitter and said, number one, yes, he cheated on her. He absolutely cheated on her. Hmm. And they did reconcile, but it was never the same. It was always broken. And that
0: Hmm.
1: her storyline is the the really sad one in this movie. And God, it's great. Uh, Thompson is just she's always great. she's one of those actresses she always improves whatever she's in Mm -hmm. it is really moving it is a bit strange that her character is just randomly the sister of the prime minister
0: (laughs) yeah it's kind of a big connection there
1: it is and that's another thing about this movie it's very white Mm -hmm. and, and it is very rich frankly most of the characters in this movie are rich it is
0: also notably one of like i don't know five mainstream movies in existence to have a a biracial couple and not make a big deal in pointing out that it's a biracial couple
1: yeah that's something that i don't think the movie gets enough credit for and in fact we'll use that as a segue to one of the next storylines but uh, i I do uh, just a few more things about this one this is it's a sad story it's a poignant story it's it's touching and thompson and rickman act the hell out of it it doesn't hurt that they've acted together before. Uh, he was in, uh, in fact, he was in uh, *Sense and Sensibility* with her, which she wrote. Hmm. So, and, and they worked together multiple times before. In fact, I think he directed her in a movie. Uh, they've worked, yeah, they've worked together a lot. This is a long time connection. They, they're believable. It's it's a really powerful wound. And for what's worth, by the way, um, interestingly enough, Grant was supposed to be. In um, Harry Potter, as well as uh, which Thompson would later be in, because yeah. let's face it, half of Great <laughs> Britain was in that franchise. Let's see, just off the top of my head, let's try to list everybody in this movie that was in the Harry Potter movies.
0: Oh God, yeah, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, Martin Freeman never did. No, he.
1: It's one of the few great uh, franchises he was never in. Bill Nye. Bill Nye, yeah, that's right. He was. Uh, he was in the last one, wasn't he? <sighs> Second to last one, yes. Right, right, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of other smaller actors whose names are just slipping my head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so much, so much. So, yeah. yes. So, there's that. Who was Hugh Grant going to be? He was going to be Kenneth Branagh's character.
0: Oh. I don't know. I That would have worked, but I think Kenneth Branagh does it a bit better than he would have. It's a win-win situation. It is.
1: So, you have that. So you have that uh, bit of casting. But again, God, we have so many threads to get through still. But as I said, that's probably my favorite story of the entire film. It's the most touching one. It is very much the spine of the film. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good one. It's just, it's superbly handled. And the fact that it does end unhappily. It's one of the few stories in this movie that does end unhappily Mm -hmm. maybe they work things out but the damage is done and it can't be repaired
0: because you can yeah that that's kind of in like the one month later sequence in the airport this you can see that it's you know he's returning from somewhere and she's happy to see him but there's just that little that little look there like yeah that's good to see you but some of the magic's gone yeah,
1: it can't yeah. be okay. And I mean that's yeah. that's reality. Then you've got um since you mentioned that biracial couple, mm-hmm. let's address let's address the a lot wrong with this subplot. Yeah. Yes, one of the plot threads is a videographer played by one of the few actors in this movie who didn't manage to get any notable roles for many years after this. He for many years was just an anonymous British guy, and then the unlikeliest series of all changed that with The Walking Dead. <laughs> yes, yeah, boy, that's that's made that iconic sequence uh, good and uh, dark. Yeah. Yes, uh, Andrew Lincoln from uh, the from The Walking Dead plays a uh, guy who he's the best man at a wedding. The groom is Chiwetel Ejiofor who is eight years older than uh, his bride, Kira Knightley. I can't be too hard on the eight years thing. My dad's eight years. Yeah. His uh, best man is played by uh, Lincoln, who is 12 years older than Knightley. Oh. Yeah, boy, you, boy, by the way, you can tell this watching the movie. Mm-hmm. The plot line is that he's doing the videographer work at the wedding. He's in love with Knightley, but she's married to Four. And by the way, there is not even a syllable made about the fact that they're an interracial couple. It's no. not a word is said about it, which is nice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's just nice to see. Um, Edge of 4 is not in this movie very much, and that's really a loss, because I love the guy. Um, everybody's always going to point to Serenity, uh, but snap, oh, Red Belt.
0: Yeah. That's right.
1: I'm going to point to Red Belt, uh, which is one of his few leading man movies he's gotten in the U.S., and Red Belt is super awesome if you haven't seen it god i recommend i
0: have not
1: i'm not much for david mamet um especially because i think he's a scumbag in person but it's a really 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 good movie and edgio four is just such a movie star in it that he deserves so much more than he gets he's in just a small part here and that's a shame but it is nice to have him here Knightley is good in it she was young when this movie came out she may have just been 18 when this movie was shot. Oh, my. Yeah, Knightley has worked from a young age. Yeah, but anyway, I've got other reasons to be castigating this plot line, which is that, so the whole storyline is she discovers that he's in love with her when she watches the wedding video, which, by the way, I'm not really sure how she comes to that conclusion. Yeah. It's a wedding, you know, it occurs to me, by the way, that I'm speaking to the videographer of my own wedding. Come think. That's it.
0: true, you are.
1: yeah. That was one thing that, yeah, that was actually one thing that delayed this was. <laughs> this this plot line has gotten some castigation, and mm-hmm. I've, I've, for record, I'm not really sure how she comes to that conclusion from watching it. It's like yeah. she's the bride.
0: I don't know if like the guy was as the videographer was acting alone. And filming the wet yeah. water feet, because usually most videographers have at least two cameras. Yeah, which you did. Yeah, I acted alone. I had two cameras uh, running for the actual ceremony. Yeah. So
1: it's it's a leap. There is a tremendous leap in logic going on here that I'm really not sure the movie ever fully explains. But anyway, yes, he is in love with her.
0: It's creative license on the movie's part.
1: <laughs> yeah, and yes, the movie does have that iconic moment where then he goes to her and he says look i'm in love with you but i know it's not going to happen it's not meant to be it shouldn't be yeah this sequence has always earned the movie a lot of uh flack for what's worth it earned flack from lincoln as well he was not happy with it
0: really link
1: yeah lincoln thought it was creepy and unsettling yeah so, there, just so everybody knows the guy from The Walking Dead thinks it was off, so you're
0: not wrong, yeah, well, it's watching it this time, thinking, yeah, if I was the husband, like the husband in that's in the house, I probably would not be okay with this so, at all, yeah, at all, so no
1: <laughs> I and it's a shame that we never get his reaction because I would kind of think that relationship is. I would kind of think that friendship's over. Yeah. For the record, I don't really think the movie lets him off the hook that much. Because he doesn't get her, after all. Right. I don't think the movie quite is as nice to it as it seems. But it definitely doesn't address this issue quite as much as it should be. And in a weird way, I kind of do like the fact that the movie does have a nice, likable character put into this role. Usually that's a role you see given over to, say... I'm trying to think, you would usually see it given over to, like, an ugly guy or someone who's trashy or, you know, someone who's in some way untouchable. But it is given in this movie to a handsome, nice guy. And I kind of like that that is at least the movie saying, hey, this kind of thing isn't so cool. Right. Uh, and I like that I like that I don't have any problems with it mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln's good in it He he does a good job At playing restrained At least And I don't know I just can't get over the fact That he's 13 years older Than Knight Or 12 years older than Knightley. Come on That's just creepy and wrong. It is But then again This is But then again He's a man And you know by the way, someone pointed this out the other day. It is it is interesting that if you stop and look at the age difference between Amy Adams and most of her leading men, mm-hmm. it's one of the she's one of the few actresses who's consistently cast against younger men.
0: I will say I do have two friends who are married and they're 12 years apart, but she's yeah. also in her 20s. So yeah, that's yeah. just
1: it. She was 18, and she plays older a lot. And I think she was supposed to be playing older pretty clearly, actually. But still, I'm just saying, I, yeah. I'm just saying, here comes the train again. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you were like, what the hell is that? Yes, it's, it's the train.
0: Yeah. When, and aside for our listeners, uh, when I was over there a month ago, you had said, we live really close to the tracks. The train passes by, so, you know, don't be alarmed. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, the train, the train, you know, I hear the train from my house all the time. And then when I finally, when it came past, I like, there's kind of a little bit of a rumbling. It's like, what, what is that? That's the train. Oh. Yeah. You really actually live close to the tracks, okay yeah,
1: yeah the, they're cro- the train tracks are across the street literally yeah. <laughs> which by the way, you would think that would make it hard to sleep it doesn't it's actually really nice
0: yeah it's not it's not that distracting it's just kind no. of noticeable that it's there, yeah, well
1: anyway we've we've still got yet more work more plot to get through, so yeah yeah I, I don't I, I don't mind this plot thread um, as much as some, but yeah, this definitely has some issues. Hoo boy, uh, another plot thread involving crushes and interracial romance mm-hmm. is uh, one that has gotten a lot of attacks, and that's the thread of um, Liam Neeson's character with uh, who has a stepson who is in love with a girl, one of the three Americans in the
0: film, uh, yes. a, a young black girl. This thread got attacked? Yes, it did, and I'm going to explain why. Ah, wow. it's probably the most adorable one in the movie. It
1: is! Mm
0: -hmm. It
1: is. It's a perfectly
0: sweet, innocent plotline, as far as I'm concerned. Innocent that handles it rather realistically, like, uh, I probably have no chance, but I'm going to try anyway.
1: Yeah. It's cute. That thread is cute. But here's the issue that people have with it. The storyline concerns Neeson's character has just lost his wife. Yes. Uh, It's made clear, by the way, that it was not a sudden death.
0: Yeah, yeah. When she first mentioned what's about to happen, I said, over my dead body. And she said, no, Daniel, over mine. And uh, as usual, my darling girl and Sam's darling mom was right. But
1: the idea is that, well, why, why are these people not grieving more? Okay, I'm gonna stop and attack. I'm gonna stop and with a lot of these complaints, I'm gonna say, okay, you have a point. Mm-hmm. No, you you don't hear. And I'm going to explain why. If you're dealing with someone who has been sick for a long time, first of all, you don't get to tell people how to grieve, and I don't think the movie handles this unrealistically. Right. These are characters that are dealing with the aftermath of an illness. Illness takes someone from you over a long time.
0: Yeah, you have some time to come to grips with this eventuality. Even if you're a kid,
1: secondly, I have a theory that this may have been what Curtis intended with the movie, which is that focusing on this love story...
0: It's a bonding point for them.
1: It's a bonding point, and it's how these two are dealing with their grief. It's how they're sublimating it, by distracting themselves, by getting through it, by working on something else.
0: Yeah, the kid even... uh, uh, Sam even comments on that at the beginning of this where when he when he tells him i'm in love sorry i know i should be thinking about mom all the time and i am but the truth is i'm in love and i was before she died there's nothing i can do about it
1: and that's the thing i really hate when people try to police how we deal with our emotions i don't like that and i like how this movie handles it Because I like I like that he says that outright. Mm -hmm. I like that that's spoken. I like that that's said aloud because that's honest. Nobody has a one track mind. You're always dealing with multiple things.
0: A couple days ago, I went to the funeral of uh, one of my teachers, uh, one of my college professors, Doctor Poe. I'd probably mentioned him before on the cast. Like he was probably one of the most important teachers ever. Like he meant a lot to me. uh, I've had countless conversations with him on film, and you know he's he's a big he's a loss like he means so much to me that i uh after the funeral, I went out and bought a document frame and framed his uh which I will post a picture of actually is yeah, is lovely yeah he uh, i framed the program for its memorial service, which he felt again you know illness like it was kind of a sudden illness but uh it was enough to where he got to actually plan out his help plan out his memorial service and uh, his program is a playbill. which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And the thing was divided into acts with somebody with one of his playwright friends actually uh uh holding up an act one, act two sign. <laughs> uh I love to that. divide the service. Yeah, it was it was great. It was probably the most fun I've had at a funeral, which is weird to say. But anyway, the point I was making with that is uh like straight after the service i went to a friend's house uh well i went to spend time with family then i went to a friend's house kind of a sunday ritual and i had a lot of fun with them and then afterwards driving home from doing that you know i just had the thought well you know i have all these other things i'm dealing with personally emotionally and uh other than dr poe i miss dr poe but life goes on
1: yeah and 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 that is kind of the idea that does run through that sequence. Um, yeah. And it's and it is it's so well acted. Neeson gives such a touching, sobering performance that it's made all the worse by the knowledge of what would happen a few years later. Regrettably, in two thousand nine, uh, Neeson's wife uh, would have a very sudden. Um, uh, she suffered uh, an injury. A brain injury mm. uh, in a skiing accident and uh, would die a few days later.
0: I do not know this.
1: Yes. Leaving him the father of two young boys. Mm. His own children, uh, actually, admittedly. So it doesn't quite map one to one. And it was sudden. But it is a little hard to watch a movie where Neeson is a widower. Yeah. Uh, being a father and knowing that in real life he had to do that. Yeah. I've I've read that uh, I've read that what helped him get oddly enough one of the people that helped him get through it was his uh, Schindler's List co-star believe it or not.
0: <laughs> really? Ray
1: Fines, yes. Wow. Yeah, there's there's ugh. But uh such a that's a that's a that's a great one. There's also a more fun uh subtext to this. Mm-hmm. Uh the uh, the uh actors that play the uh son and his uh would-be love interest are also on Phineas and Ferb now. Yes. Notoriously, yes. Where they pl- where the same relationship is playing out actually. <laughs> I kinda love that. That's that's, that's just pretty kind great. of awesome. That's just kind of awesome.
0: Um Yeah, that's like Michael Sarah and Anne on um, rest of development. Them
1: showing up them working together again in a very different context.
0: Yes. And Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, it's that it's that level.
1: By the way uh, whitman's case coming and going because her uh childhood uh best friend is uh on arrested was on arrested development with her actually probably. yeah
0: maybe yes yeah i thought so
1: though they never had much interaction on the show but in real life we're extremely close
0: so yeah speaking of weird connections like this did you see have you seen the hamilton episode of drunk history
1: not yet, not
0: yet. Mm, dude, like you uh can I tell you who plays Hamilton and Burr? Who? Hamilton is uh what's 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 maybe name? Like what's her uh, actual name? Shawkat? Alia Shawcat. Yes yeah, her. Uh, she's Hamilton and um Aubrey Plaza is Burr. Nice. Yes. Nice. Is nice. Great. I need to see that. Yeah, Lynn Lin manuel makes a fun drunk. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he does.
1: So anyway, we still have yet more plot to go through. So I don't think this storyline is at all uh, problematic. I really don't. It's no. it's adorable. It's warm, fuzzy. It makes the movie kind of wonderful.
0: Yeah, and uh, even though the uh, It's Christmas all around, all around Me song pervades the movie, the one song I always think of when I think of this movie is All I Want for Christmas Is You. Which they had to edit. Yeah.
1: Now, we're used to hearing they had to edit it to make it sound better for a child performer. <laughs> no. They had to do just the opposite. She was too good. And even then people thought she was dubbed, but no. They had to act- actually edit her to sound more like a child. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that fun subtext. I, God, just honestly, God, I I really seriously do not get the hate that that plotline line gets because I just, I do love it. I do wish that they hadn't thrown in a last minute
0: love interest for Liam Neeson. Oh, Oh, yeah, they did. That's right. That
1: was lame. That was a bad joke.
0: Just one scene that they could have snipped.
1: They could have snipped it. It was a bad joke, and it didn't work, and that's all I'm going to say about it next. Yeah. Because it occurs to me that by process of elimination, we've come down to, really, the two worst stories in the entire movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm going to save the absolute worst for last to talk about the brief running... Well, no, there's three. There's three, and one of them's actually really good. But this, but it's also extremely problematic. And yeah, we'll, we'll go on ahead and hit on the Colin Firth plotline now, because it is so. It, no, there's four. God, there's so much story in this movie. <laughs> I swear to God. I, and I almost ran out of one of my favorites, too. OK. Colin Firth's storyline is the worst storyline in this movie and should have been omitted. Mm-hmm. The only reason it wasn't omitted, I'm convinced, is because he was a name on the poster. Now, I'm going to say that this storyline has some very good jokes, but it's the worst romance in the entire film. Pretty much everybody else you believe. But he plays a guy who he discovers his wife is cheating on him with his brother.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be his brother, I think. And I have a, co- a printed copy of the screenplay, so I-, I-, I could check that. But I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be his brother. But anyway, she's his, his wife, girlfriend, whatever, is cheating on him. He discovers this. So he immediately goes to, was it? Is it Spain, I think?
0: Uh yeah, I think Por- she, per per she's speaking Port- Portuguese.
1: Yeah, so he goes to Portugal. Okay, so right off the bat you've got the fact that it's whiteness really pervading this movie. And he falls in love with the housekeeper. Okay, this movie already did this plot line once before, and and I was letting it off the hook with uh, Grant's character. I don't let it off the hook here. Yeah. This is a pretty problematic story. It has some good lines, it has some good jokes. Um he but anyway, he's a writer. Um and he's you know, since he's living there all the time, he winds up having a lot of interaction with this woman and they fall in love, though it's not at all convincing to be blunt.
0: Even with a language barrier there, uh I think yeah, I think the language barrier would be a big uh problem as far as that goes
1: and you kind of have a hard time believing that they're going to fall in love so deeply that he proposes to her after 6 weeks
0: god yeah. what a whirlwind of a romance that is yeah especially since they like they only just learned each other's languages yeah
1: it's awkward and this is one that really suggests it should have gone back for another beat or two this should have gotten a polish or two yeah it's one of or really it should have just been dropped you could have easily you could easily cut this story from the film and it would make no difference at all yeah it's it's really honestly only in there because colin Firth is a star yeah he's not he's not bad in it but he's one of those actors he's rarely bad so right my my whole take on the storyline is yeah it's it's there yeah but I really have some serious issues with this story, all the same. So, so that's one of the threads in this movie. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a taking advantage of storyline too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. One of the stories that does get a lot of critique as being extremely problematic is Laura Linney's plotline. And this is an interest. This is a plotline that has a little bit of interesting casting to it. Curtis was mad because he wanted an actress that was fitting Linney's type. But he'd written the character for a Brit. No, which? Uh... She's the uh, advertising. She's the ad woman who's uh, with the mentally ill brother.
0: Oh yes, that's right. Who has a yeah. who has an office crush? Uh, yes, this guy. Yeah. And how long have you been in love with Carl, our enigmatic chief designer? Um.
1: Two years, seven months, three days, and I suppose an hour and 30 minutes. Invite him out for a drink, and then after about 20 minutes, casually drop into the conversation the fact that you'd like to marry him and have lots of sex and babies. You know that? Yes. And so does Carl. Think about it, for all our sakes. This is one of the stories in the movie that doesn't end happily. And I've got some issues with it, but I'm going to get to them. But anyway, the story is that Curtis kept wanting a type like her to go in and do it. And finally, the casting director was like, so just cast her. Just just, just rewrite the part and cast her. And that was a good decision. Lenny's good in it. She's She's one of those actresses. She falls into the always good category. But she's an American. It's never really explained why she's there. It may have been explained, and I just am forgetting it. But anyway, she's a rare American, and really it doesn't need to be explained. There's a couple of Americans in the movie. Americans live in Britain. Yeah, that's not unbelievable. I I have a British friend who lives in Australia, so it's yeah. not unbelievable. <laughs> Her storyline is that she's got a crush on a coworker played by Xerxes from 300. <laughs> that's who that yes. is? Yes, oh, yes, that is. that's funny. He looks very different in this. Yes. <laughs> Especially because he's not in whatever the hell face that was. For the record, the real Xerxes actually looked m- more like how Leonidas was depicted in that movie. Just <laughs> saying, just saying, but oh God, there's so much this is not the place to get into everything wrong with three hundred <laughs> no if you If we were to list everything wrong with three hundred, we would just start that movie and let it run, though I still do kind of like it in a weird way, but anyway, so she's in love with this guy they're all they almost get together. But then she gets a call from the hospital that her brother, who is paranoid schizophrenic, I think is what it's supposed to be, is having an episode and she has to go to be with him. They don't ever get any resolution. She doesn't wind up getting to be with him, with her crush. But she, you know, she chooses her family instead of him. Okay, this is a bit of ableism. There's no denying that. I'm not bothered by it that much. I'm bothered by it a little bit and it probably is aging the movie a bit. Because it does go into the whole trope of people with mental illness are a burden on their families.
0: Which is now more than ever becoming, yeah, quickly outdated.
1: It's becoming outdated. It's scummy. There's some truth to it. If we're honest, there's some truth to it. Not too much, but there's some truth to it. I'm, I'm
0: not... It's tricky. It's tricky, yeah. It's... But it's not, like, in a life-rooting way. Like, she definitely probably could have carried on a relationship with this guy. And maybe she does.
1: It's not... That door isn't completely closed at the end of this movie. It's... I don't know. It's a tricky situation, is what it is. No, the movie doesn't give you... No, you don't get any easy, comfortable answers. But that's okay. That's just reality. And... I don't know. I'm not going to let this movie off the hook for that, but I am going to submit that you can't be perfect. There are two other smaller storylines in this movie that are just they're, they're they're more they're running jokes. They're
0: uh one of them is probably the most off the rails that this gets, which is the the British guy who can't seem to pick up British girls, so he wants to go to America because he hears it that they're easier. And also, British guys are hot and are considered hot in uh, America. So he goes to Wisconsin. (laughs) Of all places.
1: Yeah. He just goes to a random bar in Wisconsin where he picks up... Four girls. Three... Four impossibly attractive...
0: (laughs) (sighs) Well, we're not the richest of girls, you know, so... We just have a little bed and no couch. So you'd have to share with all three of us and on this cold cold night it's gonna be crowded and sweaty and stuff yeah and we can't even afford pajamas no no i think it'd be fine great (laughs) (laughs) the thing that's gonna make it more crowded Uh, harriet
1: you haven't met harriet (gasps) there's uh, uh you know what okay I kind of love this story. At the same time, I think it's one of the weakest parts of the movie.
0: Just because it's so over the top.
1: It's over <laughs> the top. Now, people who get mad at it for being anti-American, here's what I have to say to that.
0: No, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> We're allowed. We are allowed to get this plot. We're allowed to get this, okay? Yes. Because, yes, it's it doesn't make Americans look very good. But you know what? How many movies do we make people from other countries look atrocious? Mm -hmm. Taste of our own medicine, and it's a... It's hilarious. (laughs) It is hilarious. It is hilarious, because it's well-timed, because it's well-handled. It's ridiculous. Is it sexist? Yeah. 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 But there's... But but this movie...
0: Doesn't one of them even have a southern accent? (laughs) Yes. In Wisconsin?
1: Yes, I'm not even getting into the oddity of that. <laughs> oh my. I'm not even getting into some of the things that this movie gets wrong. Uh in all fairness though, the Wisconsin accent isn't that different from the Southern accent, honestly.
0: It's really not. How often again, how often do we get wrong when we uh depict other countries? <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm letting it I'm letting him have this one. I will say by the way, I don't think
0: the movie as a whole is all that
1: sexist. That is kind of nice about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't no. think
1: it is. I, I think by maybe it would have been nice if more of the storylines had had female
0: perspectives. Yeah, like uh, Emma Thompson's.
1: Yeah, because those are the strong ones in the film. Those are the dramatically strongest. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, that's not what the movie is, and it is by a male writer director. Yeah, I will say, I I do wish there had been a gay storyline, but this was two thousand three. We have to be blunt. It wasn't going to happen in 2003. We were getting there. We were getting there in 2003, but we're not where we are now. Yeah. There was such a storyline in a 2003 draft. And I also do wish there had been more, you know, at least one storyline fronted by a person of color. That would have been nice.
0: Yeah. London is one of the most diverse cities in the world. These are issues that I have with the movie, but... Which I think is probably... Like in any British media I think that's better portrayed by Doctor Who than anywhere else. Yeah, Doctor Who does get that really
1: well. Yeah. Um I know his next companion's going to be a POC, so Oh, good. Yeah. So we've got we're down to one storyline, just one story. And it's a uh, it's actually a really lovely funny storyline about two stand-ins for uh, a movie who fall in love. Yeah. And who have a cute, G-rated courtship while enacting these extremely X-rated <laughs> scenes. Yeah. Uh, the the woman is played by uh, a, a British comedic actress, uh, Joanna Page, who's done a lot of work over there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the guy is Martin Freeman. So if you want some in-depth shots of Freeman's ass, here you go.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: We see his ass a lot in this movie. Yeah. It's not promising. <laughs> It's, 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 I don't know. It's, this was the first thing I ever saw Freeman in, and he's good in it. This was just after the UK office was done. So he's good in it. He's good. It's, it's nice to have him in it. Yeah. I, I like him in it. It's, it's funny. It's cute. It's sweet.
0: It's fluffy. But,
1: but it's nice. And I don't know.
0: Yeah. Just, just the, just the bit where, you know, he asks her out and she's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then, the next shot is, uh, is like, she's obviously like, uh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, not it's gonna graphic. describe it. It's pretty graphic, but, you know, he's just continuing, like, you yeah, know, that is really great. And normally, I'm really shy about this sort of thing. It takes yeah. me ages to get the courage up, so thank you. God.
1: <laughs> it's great. It's one of the great laughs in the film, and God, there are so many great laughs in this movie now that we've covered all the storylines, I'm just going to say it. I really, even after we've gone through and thoroughly examined the movie, yeah, my opinion is still sky high on this movie, frankly. Yes. This is a wonderful movie. And I would love to be able to go with everybody else and, you know, join the hot takes. But after 13 years, your opinion's pretty hard set on a movie. And... I mean, there are some that are going to evolve, you know, with great shifts. This one just isn't right. It has things wrong with it, wrong with it. But it had those things wrong with it the day it was released. Yeah, it you hope that somebody else is going to do better, frankly, uh, on those areas. I don't know. Some of the complaints I just really do disagree with. And this is a hysterically funny movie. It has so many laughs in it. Again, everything with Bill Nighy is hysterical. Everything with Freeman is great. Grant's character gets some great ones. Uh, Rowan Atkinson's cameo is great. Nice for Blackadder fans,
0: because, of course, Richard Curtis worked on that. Yeah.
1: By the way, I'm actually looking at the complete script book of it. I have the entire Blackadder script book.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, I think you showed that to me, actually. Yeah, that's good. That's good, yeah. I don't know. I just, I do love this movie. I have
1: the screenplay. I have a printed copy of the screenplay. I know where everybody who hates it is coming from, but I just can't go there. I'm sorry. This movie makes me laugh. This movie makes me feel good. At two hours and 20 minutes, is it a bit long? Yes, it is. Interestingly enough, uh, Freeman's subplot is entirely cut out when the movie airs on television. <laughs> go figure. Yeah. <laughs> is there any way you could have gotten that into the movie and made in, into a TV airing and made it work? No, at least not in America. Then again, in uh, then again, I know Boogie Nights has a, a TV cut.
0: I would be, I would be interested to see that actually, because wow. I have
1: seen parts of it, and it is unbearable.
0: Yeah, just because they cut so much.
1: Yeah, there is Ugh. so much cut. I don't think you. I don't think that's.
0: Uh, I don't think it's possible. <laughs>
1: it's doable, but you have to cut so much. You have to censor so much dialogue and you wind up gutting a tremendous movie. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: no, no, no. Um, this movie, it's long, but God, it's worth it. And I just, I'm sorry. I just can't go to the, I can't go to the, to the hate them. I can't. So yeah, I'm fine with this movie being a Christmas classic. Watch it. Yeah, it's well worth it. It's it's well worth your time, and I'm safely assuming everybody that's listening to this has either seen it or they know enough to know that they're not going to see it. But yeah, this is this is one that I really loved. So those are my thoughts on it. It's a shame it took us so long to get to it. Yeah, but we got it. We've gotten to it. We've crossed it off the list. Um, I will say, what does this get wrong right that so many of the other movies don't get right? What because You know, Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve are pretty awful. What does this get right that those don't? Well, here's a list of things. Number one, Richard Curtis is a much better writer than the people that write those. So we can start with that. Richard Curtis is a way better writer. Number two, uh, it's a, the actors are better. I don't think I'm going to break many hearts to say that I would rather watch Hugh Grant than I would than watch Ashton Kutcher. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the actors in these are better. And I don't know, they're just better paced. They're just better timed. Yeah, Jessica Alba is in Valentine's Day, just to give you an idea of the level of acting that we've got there. Uh. Yeah. There's a reason we will never be doing a career retrospective on her. Just saying. But, I don't know, I mean, I just, I, I just, I love this movie. However, let's talk about a movie that I don't love. Because next week! Uh. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's our Christmas special, right? Yes This week, yeah, we are doing Since we hit our goal We had Thomas back on And we talked about God's Not Dead 2 Still not dead Still not dead Yeah Oh my god You know what's probably dead The sequel to God's Not Dead 2
1: Yeah <laughs> again only doing a third the box office of your first movie that's pretty bad uh by the way i'm glad that we've never gotten a sequel to this movie because you know that someone's considered it uh no we, we never did get a sequel that's good. good
0: we don't need one leave it be
1: leave it be so yeah so that's that um really quickly let's uh you can find us at thefilmroom.org
0: hit up our contact page there for all our contact info thanks to our patrons Yes. Uh, thank you, Sean for totally leading with you this time. Uh, thank you, Barack and Neil. Uh, thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Daisy. Uh, yep. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. Patreon.com slash the room. You know I love Christmas. I always will.